welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording from Crown Cigars and Else here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee, as always. I am Trey Dedman, one of your hosts, and I am joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. How are you? Does anybody want to buy a Black Lab cheap? Uh-oh, what'd he do now? He sees me open the front door, and he runs at me at about Mock Dog 2. <laughs> and he's the perfect height. He jumps, and you can guess where that paw the size of a peach lands every single time. It's as if they have a seventh sense for that sort of thing. I dropped my phone the other day. I was on the phone with my brother. You know, when you get hit there really good, all of a sudden the room gets real humid. and <laughs> <laughs> Things start spinning. You start remembering overtures from Ugh. band pieces you haven't played since high school. Just everything thing comes flooding back at once uh I'm, i am of course kidding i wouldn't give him up for nothing but how, how is the training going um the dog's great the women in my life are what's hard to train <laughs> spending a lot of time trying to teach them that no should not be a question <laughs> <laughs> they it's funny they have no problem telling us no but when it comes to a dog now don't do that yeah or <laughs> no <laughs> no, you say no, and you mean it, because the dog can smell it on you when you don't That's mean right. it. That's right, yeah. But now that we're past the, this is not the lab cast. <laughs> this is the cigar cast, and I think we have to um, fire up a cigar. I have So tonight, a little production backstage. Trey does not know what he's smoking tonight. I have brought him a present, and I'm very, very excited to... Now, see, we did that last week where Bo brought the little gift pack, and I was pleasantly surprised that time. So I've got a pretty good run of being surprised on the show with what I'm smoking, so I'm really looking forward to this. Okay, your choice. You want me to tell what I'm smoking first or what you're smoking? You go first. Let the anticipation build. What week is it? What week is it? What week is it? I feel like the Campbell on the Geico commercial. What week is it? Uh... I don't know. Shark Week. Uh, (laughs) In honor of Shark Week on the Discovery Channel, me and the dog have spent a lot of time watching Shark Week this week. I will be smoking the Arturo Fuente Eye of the Shark, one of my favorite smokes they make every year. And I'm not the biggest Fuente fan in the world, but this one I love. I saw your eyes light up the size of dinner plates when Austin brought that by last week while we were recording. I knew you were going to end up with at least a handful, if not the box. Well, this is a this is a pretty high dollar, limited availability oh, yeah. cigar. And usually I don't smoke these on the podcast because I kind of like to do it all. You know, to sit and just give them my full undivided attention. But I'm making an exception tonight because it's Shark Week. What else? Yeah, I like the tie-in. You know, what else can you do? Now, this is a Dominican Republic, as all Fuente cigars are. Has a natural wrapper on it, but a lot of complexity in these cigars. It's a box-pressed torpedo, which two things you don't like. Right. (laughs) But but I make an exception for the shark. Now, this is a cigar man's cigar. Oh, yeah. You bet you don't want to smoke this as your first or your third smoke in your life. This is one you need to have a little seasoning under your belt. And it's one of those that when you're in a cigar shop and you hear someone say the word shark, it just the entire room, the energy in the room changes. You know, everyone knows shark. Yes, never scream shark in a crowded cigar shop. Unless you've got enough to share with the whole class. That's right. <laughs> so, but since I thought it would be exceptionally rude of me to smoke a shark and not um and you be smoking you know a tennessee waltz or something which is a good cigar but not quite shark caliber i have for you a gift 
that was given to me. Ooh, what is this? That is Brazilian Braganca tobacco, along with, hold on a second, I'm getting the full report up, Honduran wrapper, they're rolled in Honduras, that is the CAO Amazon Basin Fuma Incorda. Oh, I was, I was really looking forward to getting my hands on one of these when we talked when you smoked the regular Amazon Basin on the show. That I could kiss you right now. I am I, so looking forward to this. That I'm is take, fantastic. If you kiss me, I'm taking my cigar back. Well, I I really appreciate. <laughs> I am I am really looking forward to this. Thank you. You're very well. Uh, I was at an event this weekend that happened to be a general event. And I walked in, and there sits Sean Hardeman. We both know Sean. Mm-hmm. I said, Sean, do you have the anaconda? And he said, no, I do not have the anaconda. He said, but if you buy a box this week, I do have some special things. And he gave me two of those. Mm. And I could think of nothing more gentlemanlike and nothing better than to share one of those with you. So you have one of my two. The other one I'm planning to smoke on the cruise. That is excellent. Man, the, the cold draw on that is really interesting. Well, the Braganca tobacco, I'll let you light up while I speak to Braganca. Braganca tobacco is not hung, it is rolled. It's actually twisted, and they twist it there. They only make these cigars every three years, I believe. And this year they actually made three versions of the CAO Amazon Basin. They made the plain Amazon Basin, the Anaconda, and the Fuma Incorda, which is what you're smoking tonight. And I like the taste of the Braganca. It's different. And I like, it. I like the different curing processes. That always fascinates me about cigars. You can really taste it. It almost tastes young, like young tobacco. But, it, but that's not the flavor. It's that, it's that, extra little, that, that extra little flavor that you're not expecting is what I'm getting out of it. I don't know if you experienced the same with the Amazon Basin. Um, that's really I, interesting on first light. I did. I really liked the Amazon Basin. One of the things I liked, so, just so everyone out there knows, on the Basin, the Fuma Corda, and the Anaconda, you can smoke through the band. The band is actually Twisted Braganca as well. So you can smoke those all the way down through the band and everything, as long as the piece of the band don't fall off and burn a hole in your shirt. Yeah, I've got more shirts. That's, that's the... That's the um, the test of a cigar smoker's skill is you can look at his clothes and see how many holes does he have in his shirt. And if it's less than three, it's a new shirt. It is. It's <laughs> definitely a new shirt. But I, I burned a, a big hole in a really nice Callaway shirt last year, and that disturbed me. Oh, that's always the worst. Especially, it seems like the likelihood of me burning my shirt goes down the more times I wear it. If it's a new shirt, I'm pretty much guaranteed. But if I make it past, like, three wearings... Price is also, if it's a cheap shirt, I won't. But I don't know. It's kind of like buying a, an expensive pair of sunglasses you're guaranteed to lose. But the you know, $5 price tag that you steal from Eckerd's, those are probably going to be around for longer than you are. Right. You can leave those to your children in your will. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not going nowhere. Now, here is my only bitch about the eye of the shark is the label has the pointed end facing the, the foot of the cigar. So if you cut it, you do get some of that. I'm showing Trey for all those at home. I know this is great pod. That it sticks your lips yeah. if you ain't real careful. So you get you get paper on the lip. Yeah, it hangs almost like a cigarette. Well, and it's torpedoed, so you really can't push that label up. That's my only complaint about yeah. the eye of the shark, and it's my cross to bear. Now, is that one is that one that you will smoke label free then? 
No, I'll probably go ahead and smoke it with the label and just take just take the extra sensation. Sometimes, you know, people tend to start thinking extra sensations are bad. They can just add to the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about that a lot, actually, in terms of, you know, sitting on the back porch or sitting somewhere and, and relaxing and disengaging and and really taking in everything that the cigar has to offer as a part of experience. But being in a, you know, our listeners at home can definitely hear how busy the shop is tonight. An experience like this, an environment like this, that just adds to the enjoyment as well. Now, if you're not in the mood for that sort of thing, you're not in the mood for that sort of thing. But it doesn't, more isn't always worse or better. Yeah, it's all about, you know, it's guacamole. I don't like guacamole because I can't handle the texture. And all the texture of guacamole just totally ruins guacamole for me. Really? I just, I can't take the texture. Uh, but you like avocado. You have an avocado every day. No, my life, I finally freed myself from the chains of avocado. Do you have any laying around? I will gladly take them off your hands. No, I got rid of avocado. I told avocado where it could go because I'm tired of being the perv in Kroger feeling up avocados every three days to try to determine when one's going to get ripe. So, fun fact about the avocado. When it was first discovered um, by, in South America, I think it was, um, the, the native word for it was ajojado. And the Spanish, I believe it was, that discovered this, the closest word they had in their language was avogadro, which is attorney, lawyer. And so that's where avocado comes from. But in, I wish I could remember which language it was, that the native language, um, but ajuado actually means testicle. So it's aptly named fruit. Well, the avocado, I've freed myself from the constraints of avocados and watermelons. Watermelon isn't worth the work. Oh, I hate watermelon. I love, I love the taste of watermelon, but I hate the process of having to get it out, cut it up, chop it up, put it, find a bowl big enough to put a whole watermelon in so that you can munch on it four or five times a week, and usually it ends up going to waste because you have a... No, I have given avocados and watermelons both up. See, with, with watermelon for me, I, yeah, the flavor, take it or leave it, but it's just I don't like the texture. I don't like the fact that it dissolves in my mouth, and the work, you're right, the work is not worth it. But coming back to cigars. Oh, so. that's right. This is a cigar podcast. The first quarter inch of the Fuma in Cordo. Um, don't have a whole lot to report yet. Um, this is this is what this is the good and the bad thing about doing this podcast. My favorite night of the week, as I say every week, and I get so it just enraptured in the conversation and the podcast that I forget to actually taste a cigar. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good this week, and I'm gonna take a little extra time, and I'm gonna really try and concentrate and enjoy it and, and give a proper review of it. Well, the Shark is excellent as always. This is the 2017 Shark that I'm smoking. I still have a 2015 Shark at the house that I'll probably uh, probably smoke it on the cruise when I go on the cruise in a couple of weeks because that tends to be when I like to smoke something really fine. Yeah. Do you take multiple nice things or do you usually keep take one along that'll be for a special night or... Oh, no. I take multiple nice things. I start, I've right now got my humidors separated out into cruise cigars and everyday cigars. So as I go around and I find stuff like the Fuma and Corda, I've got a couple of nice Padrones. I've got a couple of Feral Pigs. I've got a couple of, um, I've got the new Opus is in there. I, and, of course, the Shark Tooth is going to, the Shark is going to be in there. 
Well, excellent. So I want to talk about last week's podcast just real quick um, because there was something that happened while we were recording last week that I wanted to talk about on the show with you this week. Um, those who listened to last week's show will um, probably have recognized that there was a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode, which we don't usually do. Um, after listening to the podcast, it may not have been necessary, but um, there was a, something that happened when we were talking about we were talking about going into a cigar shop with a lady friend and whether or not it was our duty as gentlemen to pick out the cigar for the um, for our guest or let them make the decision or whatever. Um, and you know, I started thinking about, it, especially as I was, I felt a little icky about the use of the term uh, power move. You know, that's not vernacular that I use. It felt a little weird coming out of my mouth and. You know, we talk so much on this shop about the gentleman's pursuit of cigars, and that just felt like it flew in the face of that for me. And I just kind of wanted to address that a little bit and kind of talk about the gentlemanly aspect of cigars, because we haven't really touched on that in a while. Well, yes, and I'm, I'm the one that brought up the power move, but I guess I use that phrase differently. And one of the things is my main contact with women for the past 18 years has been my wife. And she knows how I talk, so I tend to have a little more leeway with her than I would if I was, you know, like yourself out on the market. <laughs> oh, God. And, but the, really, I guess it should be considered act of confidence would probably be a much better terminology because women do respond to confidence, and there is a certain amount of that that um, gives comfort. You know, a lot of times when we walk into a new restaurant, my wife will just say, order for me. Mm-hmm. Because I know what she likes, and she knows that she's prone to order something that she's had before and actually miss out on what good happens at the restaurant, where I'll order something a little more adventurous. You know, the other day we went to Peg Leg Porker, and she said, please, just order for me. I'm going to sit down over here. You order. I'll enjoy it. It'll be a huge surprise. And I think that's more what I was referring to in that time. And I certainly understand that. And I just, you know, I wanted, it was one of those things, like I said, because it just it wasn't really my typical vocabulary, not to say there's anything wrong with it, but it made me really start thinking about the, the gentlemanly pursuit and how, like, how I wonder if people, if people who don't enjoy this hobby, if people that aren't in the cigar environment would understand what it means to think in those terms on a regular basis. You know, you hear about chivalry still occasionally, and that's kind of an outdated term at this point too. You know, it's, I heard some ridiculous thoughts on the matter earlier in the week that I won't bore you with. But it just makes me wonder if this this sort of... This is definitely an outdated sort of way of thinking that we approach cigars, but it's because it's such a classic hobby, and I really like that. Well, and gentlemanship, being a gentleman, Mm -hmm. is... Actually, I believe more closely tied to if you can can think about the Code of Bushido than actually chivalry. Now, I know that's a stretch, but chivalry is knowing how to treat a lady right. And that's important, and that is an aspect of gentlemanship, but also treating your fellow man correctly, whether it be in a business dealing or not encroaching upon his leisure time. And Mm -hmm. his cigar is his leisure time. And being, being a gentleman encompasses so much more than just holding the door open. Well, it's a considered approach. You know, it's a considered approach to anything. Uh, that At least that's how I interpret it, as being, 
you know, the the gentleman is someone who's going to take someone else's feelings into account, or he's going to take the repercussions of whatever this action is into account, or and that I think that kind of speaks to what you're talking about as well. It's more than just the actions; it's also the 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 heart behind those actions. It is, and it's things you know. I'm poker commissioner, by the way, commissioner won last night. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. The commissioner took the pot home last night. And there's always suggestions that everyone gives me during the poker game. Hey, why don't we try doing it this way? Why don't we try doing it that way? And my response is always the same. I can sit, first, I always say, I can understand how you would feel that way or what would make you think that way. And I follow your train of thought. Now I have to think and measure it. Yeah. And I think that's important. It's more important when you are in that position to say, I understand your train of thought, and to really try to embrace the other man's perspective mm-hmm. on the situation to be sure you are delivering the proper measured response to any situation. No, I think, I think that's a the, the fair analysis. So back to stepping back to cigars for just a moment. I do want to talk about something that absolutely rubbed me raw that happened in the cigar news this week. Absolutely drives me nuts. This, this, I got so mad when I read this article that I could not see straight, so I have to share it with our listeners. Six health groups have filed a motion to intervene in the cigar industry's lawsuit against the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Sit the down. The American Academy of Pediatrics. What do they have to do with cigars? Oh, third-hand smoke, don't you know? I guess. American Cancer Society. Okay. American Heart Association, American Lung Association. Campaign for tobacco-free kids. Yeah, because everyone knows that in, that kids are going down to their local brick-and-mortar and buying a shark. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of the number of times I've had to slap a $25 cigar out of a, a 10-year-old's hand. Yeah, it just, it's, it's an epidemic. Yeah, and the Truth Initiative, which I don't even know what the tr- Truth Initiative to me sounds like tax shelter. No, they used to do those commercials on TV, the orange anti-smoking camp. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember yeah. that? That's, that's the Truth Commission. Well, it's insane. It's anti-cigarettes. It's not anti-tobacco. I wish they would stop calling cigarette companies big tobacco because there's very little tobacco left in the blanking things. Well, so the motion they filed, they want to become the defendants. They don't feel like the government is going to properly enforce these new cigar regulations. This is What this is, is... The what go- authority do they have to do it? None. That's why they're filing this motion. They want to get some. Oh. So what this is, is they have looked at the legislation and they know they don't have a shot in court. So they're going to try to change the game. So the Cigar Rights of America and the International Cigar Pipe Retailers Association, they have filed not to let them intervene and become defendants, which they shouldn't. If they want to file, if they want to file a suit, they should file their own suit. They should yeah. not become involved in this. This is between the U.S. government and cigar companies. When was the last time you ever heard of someone willfully getting involved in a lawsuit? It's, it's on, on the defendant side. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so what this is going to do, you know, they've already delayed the hearing on this twice. Of course. So the latest one, the latest delay, this is their latest move to delay. Now they're saying it's going to be October before they hear the repeal on all this stuff. Conspiracy theory. Do you think this could be reverse lobbying? 
where the lobbyists for these groups were given something in their ear from the current defendants, which is, why don't you make a stink? Because we can't delay it any further. But if you do this on our behalf, then it pushes out and both of our agendas get settled and then there's some money greasing palms. Well, and here's the thing. This is not millions. This is not tens of millions. This is hundreds of millions of dollars that the FDA will fleece cigar companies for. Oh, yeah. Will this affect cigarette companies at all? No. Which are the, where the kids start smoking. Right. And it's and their justification is vaping. They're still trying to go after vaping. And why? Okay, I'm, go after vaping. I don't give a crap. Yeah, go after vaping. Leave my cigars alone. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. But this was the this is the latest piece of news just came out this week about it, and it just infuriates me. It infuriates me that they something done by consenting adults is, and they they I mean there's been studies gone. Does a cigar a day hurt you? You know it depends on what your genetic predisposition is. Yeah. Now there's a lot of theories. You know genetics loads the gun, but you have to decide to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get on treadmill and walk every morning. I smoke a cigar every day. I cannot tell any difference at all in my wind. Right. And you do far better cardio than I do. Your cardio is far more intensive than mine. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I ran three or two and a half, seven-minute miles yesterday. Like I, and at no point was I sucking wind more so than I would have been if I'd never picked up a cigar. It's ridiculous. It's, now, some people are genetically predispositioned to have cancer, mm-hmm. and they're going to have cancer. There was a great line from the show, House. I don't know if you ever watched it, um, but he's talking at one point about, you know, it was really popular about 10, 15 years, not the TV show, but the idea of, um, well, that too, uh, the ribbons for all the different types of cancers, the pink ribbon, the yellow ribbon, the blue ribbon, the whatever. And character House says, you know why lung cancer is the only cancer that doesn't have a ribbon? It's because it's the only one that they blame the victim for getting. Right. It's, well, this is a ridiculous motion, and we're starting to feel it. Um, Barracoa cigars this week. Now, I've never had a Barracoa cigar. I'm not even familiar with them. But they shut their doors this week. Ugh. And they cited, due to the unsure, this is the exact statement from Barracoa cigar, Cigars, as they shut their doors. With a heavy heart, I announced today Barracoa Cigar Company will be closing the doors. The voyage is ended. Due to the unsure state of the looming FDA regulations, I've decided it's in the best interest for a company of my size not to move forward. So they're already getting the end result that they were after in the first place. Right. Granted, it's from the smaller boutiques that, you know, it's not it's not hard hitting across industry wide like they were hoping, but it's it's clearly already making an impact. Well, and I think what we will see is as we, um, if this does get passed, this legislation, we're going to see a lot of cigar companies merging. We're going to see a lot of you know. Um, a cigar that we're going to talk about after the break is the Debonair, and Debonair is now distributed by Drew Estate. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of these more boutique cigar companies not go out of business, but rather be taken in. You know, Drew Estate, uh, we was at the Barn Smoker sitting with Swisher Sweets, one of the guys there from Swisher Sweets. He says, yeah, this ain't a big deal to Drew Estate. We've already got all the labs because we test all of our cigars anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's kind of where we're going to see. But we'll talk about that a little more in depth after the break. Well, and then I'm sure they'll probably, once all of that starts to happen, you have all these major mergers and acquisitions, then they'll probably try and turn around and hit them with an antitrust case. Well, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous position to take. And it's people, I want everyone out there to hear this. If you never believe nothing else I say, this is about money. This has nothing to do with your health. No. This has nothing to do with the FDA or the American Lung Association. Or the kids. Or the kids. This has nothing to do with this. This has to do with the $100,000 or $1 million or whatever a cigar that they're going to be able to tack on to it to go through their, quote, approval process. Well, now, we try and normally go to the break on a little bit of happier note, but I think I'm just going to let that hang in the air like a fart. We're going to take a break and be right back after this. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. Still sitting here with Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. I'm smoking tonight the Arturo Fuente Eye of the Shark, and it is excellent in honor of Shark Week this week. Do you watch Shark Week? No, I don't. I don't have cable. Oh, okay. Well, you missed the, you missed the best week of the year. Yeah, I do. Well, the, although although I, from what I hear, uh, the race with Michael Phelps wasn't all it was cracked up to be. I did not even record it. I, it. It's such a ludicrous thought process. I said, I'm not buying into this. So I didn't even record it. I didn't even pay no attention. But I love the, you know, the alien sharks where they're getting the sharks up out of the very depths yeah. and all of those different things. See, I, because I'm smoking an eye of the shark, I can talk about Shark Week. Oh, so that that was, it was really just so that you could fish, shoehorn that into the, the podcast this week. Always, always plan ahead. Uh, ulterior motives abound. No, I thought I did think it was funny, and I know it's a cigar cast, but um, with the whole Michael Phelps thing, I thought it was so funny the, the next day you had half the people saying, wait, but he didn't actually race a shark, and then the other half of the people saying, you idiots, you thought they were really going to put him in the water? Yes, they said they were going to have him race a shark. Like, I don't think it's that ludicrous for people to think, well, you construct a cage, you've got the Mythbusters guy there, they can figure something out. Yeah, like, I don't know why that was so hard to believe. Well... When you're as look, ludicrous as it was. When you're looking at an animal that is the pinnacle of evolution, there's really nothing better evolved than sharks. You know, you can, the shark doesn't have to change for millions of years because they got it whipped. Yeah. And uh, I love that quote where, do sharks worry about Mondays? No, they're being scary. They're doing shark stuff. They're not worried <laughs> about Mondays. And, uh, it's just one of those things that I'm always interested in. But coming back to cigars, let's let's talk about something happy. We got to blow off our steam the first half of the show. Tell me about your Fuma Incorda. So it's definitely a different cigar than anything I've smoked lately, maybe even ever. Uh, you know, when I first lit it up, I thought it tasted a little young. But I, but I just took that, you know, I kind of chalked that up to the different fermentation processes being something that I'm not really used to. But, I'm, you know, I'm about an inch and a half into it now. At this point, I'm still kind of getting that, that little bit of young flavor out of it. Um, I don't know if it's maybe my palate that's just not really suiting the fact that it's 100 degrees outside today or, or what it is. But, I mean, I'm enjoying it. 
but it's not it's not what I was expecting. Well, okay, two things. First, we'll put a pin in the temperature thing because we want to come back and talk about that. But the other thing, I, when I smoke the Amazon basis, Basin, that tobacco has been so stressed. You know, usually when you see Nicaraguan tobacco and you see them holding it, they're holding it like a baby. Yeah. I mean, they're gentle. They're gently placing it into the pilon. They're gently rolling it. It's a very gentle process. That, where they've got it basically in between two cranks and two guys are just cranking and twisting hard as they can. They treat it like a trailer park meth head treats his wife. Oh, it's just absolutely brutalized that tobacco, which can yield a flavor Mm -hmm. and all. But I'm interested now, what I noticed was it took mine a little longer to thermodynamically warm up enough to release the real flavor. And there may, I mean, I've still got a lot of this cigar left to go, so they, I may get a little bit more complexity out of it as I get down on it. So, been a good week for cigars for me. Um, it is a million degrees and a thousand percent humidity here. It's absolutely the worst time of year to try to enjoy a cigar. Oh, I had to jump in the pool to dry off yesterday. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. You got to chew the air three times before you breathe it. <laughs> but... Um, so this weekend, I used the opportunity to explore a new cigar lounge. They've just opened a new Casa de Monte Cristo here in Nashville. Thank you for the invite, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> next time. But next next time. I, well, you don't want to bring someone somewhere you've never been. You, you, oh. know, you want to scout. <laughs> Didn't you ever do, don't you ever do that when you're dating? If you're going to take her to a restaurant you've never been to before, kind of look up the menu online, maybe go in there and have a piece of pie and see how it is. Don't you ever do that kind of legwork? No, I can't say that I do. Not that I'm comparing taking you for a cigar to a date. Well. <laughs> but moving, moving on, excellent cigar lounge. Um, actually made me rethink how I would build a cigar bar. Mm. The layout, um, I design homes by profession. So I'm always interested in the functionality of designs. I'm a high-efficiency designer. I'm not the guy that's going to design your $15,000 McMansion that you're going to bring all your friends over to eat caviar and whatever else it is rich people do, I wouldn't know. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that's going to design you a lot of house for the money. Mm -hmm. So I'm always amazed at the efficiencies. One of the things they have there is the cash register is in the humidor. You know, there's a shop, I wish I could remember which one it is, uh, down in in Atlanta that does the same thing. Um, Theirs is more of a bar layout out in the lounge area, so they're trying to keep those separate because, you know, small cigar shop like we have here, by comparison, of course, uh, you you can see the people entering the humidor and leaving, and and you can kind of do some inventory control that way. In a big shop like that, it's really easy to have some cigars grow up, grow legs, and walk out. So it makes sense. Well, and I went there expecting. I thought, okay, it's a brand new store. It's in the Gulch in Nashville. It's in the high rent district. I went there fully expecting to pay another couple of bucks per stick and was surprised. I was actually probably a couple of bucks per stick less than what I thought it would be. But they're owned by Altadies, and they have five of these, so they got the buying power of five stores. Right. Makes a big difference when you're buying cigars if you've got five stores worth of cigars to buy as opposed to one humidor's worth. Now, did you notice that their Altadis cigars were cheaper even more so than the other stuff, or did it kind of fall in line with the price break across the board? It kind of fell in line across the board, but that being said, I'm not a huge Altadis guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of the guys that um, 
that's not a regular smoke for me. Now, if they had Drew Estate stuff, if they were a Drew Estate owned and operated place, I could tell you, you know, within 50 cents. Oh, I'd never be able to drag you out of there, first of all. Well, there's that. Hey, we finally got the swamp thing here at the shop. I saw that in there today. He brought the swamp thing in. I'm um, getting a lot of mixed reviews. I guess it's it's kind of polarizing. You either love it or you hate it. Well, that's a lot of that's a lot of Drew Estate stuff, first of all, but it's also a lot of um, experimental type cigars. Uh, you know, you're gonna I, the KFC was that way when it first came out. You either loved it or hated it. Yeah, the K and the KFC still to this day for me. Um, one of them every week, ten days is plenty for me. I could never. That could never be my daily smoke. Yeah, I'd al- always like to have a break, just because the kind of tobacco it is. That smoke cured tobacco is so strong, and so you know fragrant. It's just really hard to um, to smoke that every day. I wouldn't want to have that. But now they did have some cigars. The AJ Fernandez did a collaboration with General Cigar. They have the Monte Cristo, the Monte by AJ Fernandez. The Romeo by A.J. Fernandez and the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Now, see, you mentioned this right before we started recording. That's the first I've heard of that. Did you know about that going in? I did not. I did not know about it till I got there and he started showing them to me because it, it kind of, you know, it's like they were crossing the streams in Ghostbusters when he said the Monty by A.J. Fernandez. Well, when you said it, I thought you were having a stroke. I was like, you realize that's not, but, um, okay. <laughs> but I smoked the Monty and it was wonderful. Now... It had that A.J. Fernandez, that huge blast of pepper right as you first light it, which is not my favorite thing in the world. I love that. That's the, one of my favorite parts about the New World and the San Latano, the Bull, is, is that, yeah, you just get kicked in the teeth by pepper as soon as you light it up. I love it. See, I, I would much rather get about three quarters of an inch, an inch, an inch or so in the cigar and then get that. That Boy, that coming out of the gate, that's tough. Yeah. But... Very good, very even smoke after that. Held its shape good, held its texture good. The construction was excellent. And the general cigars product, by and large, I have more construction issues with than I do any other cigars product. Any other line of cigars. It seems like their construction is not as big a fan. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not as big a fan of their techniques. But the... um, I've also smoked... They have them here at Stogie... or. Excuse me, Crowns. Wow, you're going back four owners. Yeah. Here at Crown, they have the um, H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez, and I had one of those during poker last night. Did I mention I won? Yeah, yeah uh, once or twice. <laughs> they, um, they have the H. Upman here, and I smoked that last night during poker, and it was excellent. And it did not seem to have as much pepper on the front end. Now, are you a big H. Upman fan in general, or? Not really. It's one of those cigars that I can smoke it, but I'll I'll walk past it a lot more often than I'll stop and pick one up. See, I do that too, but every time I remember to stop and pick one up, I, I'm reminded why I do it. It They really are great cigars, especially, and I kind of teased it earlier, when it comes down to summer and it's just hot as blazes out, I don't necessarily always want a Tennessee Waltz or a Knuckle Dragger or something that's really going to hit me hard. Sometimes I want something a little bit lighter. And Altidus and, um, you know, Altidus being one, uh, Oliva being another, where you tend to get a little bit of a, of a lighter body on their cigars across the board. And I really find that it, it suits my palate this time of year. 
Well, and I'm that way. I'm prone to, during the summer, the hotter it is, the lighter the cigar I'm going to smoke. And during the winter, as it gets colder, especially around football season when you're coming in and it's cold outside, something really dark and rich just seems to... You know, my my go-to cigar in the deer stand is always going to be the Hoya Red or the Hoya Black. Yeah. And, you know, I... Back when I was drinking, it was the same way with beer, which is I would go you know, stouts and porters in the winter and then go up to like pilsners and lagers and things like that in the summer. And I, I even know some guys that will get away from cigars altogether during the winter and turn to their pipe. Right, because they want that more aromatic blend or that just that richer tobacco. And you, it, richer tobacco, you know, you've got a little bit of the molasses in there that kind of helps kind of but it's a it's a richer more viscous smoke as well so it kind of warms the body a little bit more well um the best part about summer is knowing that fall is coming yes because fall is the cigar smokers time of year there's really no better time of year than when you're sitting on the porch and it's about 75 to 80 and it's just nice and cool and you can just sit out there and smoke a cigar a little bit of crispness in the air as the sun goes down slight breeze it's it's especially in this part of the country it's wonderful oh yeah or it's it becomes um bonfire season you get the old fire pit out and you whip up a fire that you can all sit around and smoke a few cigars tell a few dirty jokes i mean it's hard to beat it it really is but coming back to cigars once again the new debonair was announced at the show and it's the Debonair Daybreak. Now, Debonair Cigars, they're a old brand, but they were very limited in release until Drew Estate started helping them with that. Now, how long ago did that happen? They released the Indian by Debonair, I want to say three years ago. That sounds about right, three yeah. Or four, about the same time the Indian motorcycles actually started making a big comeback. That's, that's probably been even further along than that. Then. You know, used to, everything was Harley. Harley mm-hmm. was the motorcycle, but now you start seeing a lot of those Indians are some sharp bikes. Oh, yeah. Always have been. And oh. a cult following. Yeah, very cult following. Very World War II era, still the way they're set up as right. a bike. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful piece of machinery. But the I've had I've smoked a box of the Indian motorcycles by Debonair. Really enjoy them. And then the straight, plain debonair, just their standard release. I've had several of those, and they're good. Um, they're not the most um, they're not the most complex blend on the market, but they're consistent. That's to me. That's more important. Nothing will ruin a good cigar faster than a bad draw or bad construction. Yeah, it's um. You know, I was talking with Sean. I was at the event there at the at the Casa de Monte Cristo. And he was talking about when General took over CAO trying to figure out the blend books. And he said literally they were there, and his guys went to the factory and said, hey, where's the blend book? And they said, what? He said, the blend book. He said, where you wrote down what the cigar is. He said, we don't have those. Said, well, how do you roll the cigar? Well, that guy over there rolls this one, and that guy over there rolls this one, and that guy <laughs> he said they had to spend a tremendous amount of time and money just trying to figure out... Reverse engineer the cigars. Yeah, figure out what the blends were to get them somewhat consistent. Hmm. So very interesting to talk to Sean about that. And Sean gave me a very unique cigar experience. I have to share this because it was such a great deal he did for me. He gave me four cigars. The Macanudo Inspirado, the new Macanudo. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a cigar that was just the wrapper... 
It looked like a, just a small hand-rolled cigar. It was just wrapper, one that was just binder, and one that was just filler. Oh, that's neat. And he said, now smoke these in this order, and I think it was binder, wrapper, filler. Smoke these in this order, and then see how we pull them together, because this is actually how we blend cigars, is we'll roll a small cigar of the wrapper, a small cigar of the binder, a small cigar of the filter, or filler, and smoke those and see which blends together the best. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that was the technique necessarily. I didn't either, which it makes sense because it would be hard otherwise to do it. It would be hard otherwise to put them together. Right, because you have which quantities of which, and yeah, it could get really hairy really quick. Well, and he was formerly with LFD and just a great guy. I really like Sean. Sean's one of those cigar reps that if he's in your area, sit down and talk to him. He knows a lot about the process. Really glad to have him back repping in Tennessee again. Yes, Oh, by the way, tomorrow night, he will actually be here in the store. Oh, excellent. But one of our friends here, if you're in the Nashville-Brentwood area, please come down to Crown Cigars and Ales. One of our friends, Jay Drescher, will be doing a book signing for his new book, Glasby's Fortune. It's going to be a really good event. They're also doing a Cigar City Tap Takeover, so you get $4 drafts all night if that's the kind of thing that interests you. Well, the, and his book is very historical about pirates. I've got it set aside. I'm going to read it on the cruise. If, anyone, if anyone's ever had the pleasure of meeting Jay, you know that he's a very considered man. He's a very thoughtful man uh, and, and probably an amateur historian, for lack of a better term. And so he really put a lot of time and research into the characters and the plot lines and the accuracy. So if you're a fan of historical fiction, this one did it right. By all accounts. Yeah, by all accounts. I have not read it yet. Um, After I read it, I can't wait to come back and get him on the show and us actually spend a little time talking to him about that because he is just an interesting human being when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, So what interesting have you smoked this week, Trey? I always ask you this question. Well, I actually uh, had something really good, and it actually kind of plays into our cigar under $8 this week. So... When Austin came back from the show, he was kind enough to give me one of the new releases from Oliva, and it's the it's the broken iPad. Lovely. Uh, it's the new the Gilberto. Gilberto uh, the new Gilberto Oliva. Um, I had the Toro size of the Connecticut, and as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show, I had their the Oliva Reserva Connecticut for the first time in forever and just fell in love with it. So I was really excited that he gave me this cigar. And I've got to tell you, it retail, the Toro size retails at 660 So that's a huge value for money. It's a great, well-balanced uh, Connecticut cigar. And, I mean, even at its most expensive, you're still looking for... A, you're still looking at only 138 bucks a box. Yeah, that's a great value. I've smoked one of those. I smoked the Sun Grown rather than the Connecticut version of it because I do like a little more flavor. And still, I'm still a little gun shy when it comes to Connecticut it's just because there's nothing worse than sitting down to have a cigar and it just being flat. Well, one of the things that I think really benefits this cigar is the fact that it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut. And the, the Ecuadorian binder, and then it's a Nicaraguan filler. Well, and Nicaraguan will always be the king of tobacco for me. 
I, I love all kinds of tobacco, but Nicaraguan will always be the top of my list. Oh, m- me too. It just and it's it's a combination not only of the tobacco but also the construction technique. It, it's just I will always gravitate towards Nicaraguan when I, whenever the chance presents itself. So the cigar under eight dollars, the Oliva Gilberto. And you may not be seeing it in your brick and mortar just yet, but for those that are bringing it in, it is shipping now. Uh, so if it's something that you really want to try, if it's if it sounds like something you might enjoy, if you're a big fan of Ecuadorian tobacco especially, or if you're looking for a Connecticut with just a little bit more to it, then um, talk to your, your local retailer and have them try and bring some in. Well, the... Um the new Macanudos that are out, I smoked, like I said, I smoked the Inspirado, and I liked it, but I had already smoked the components separately, so I'm looking forward to enjoying one of those when it's just me and the cigar. Yeah. When I can just sit down and donate my full attention to that cigar. So, had a just a great weekend cigars for me. We got a big golf game this weekend. Can't wait to get my cigars selected for the golf game. Are you going to have to dip into your cruise batch, or you have another golf batch set, set aside? Oh, I have another batch for golf set aside. Because there's, you know, um, one of the things I picked up at Casa de Monte Cristo is the Jaime Garcia Special Reserve Super Gordo. Oh, wow. And it's a 60, 60 torpedo. And that's a great cigar, but that's not a golf cigar. That's just the control of that cigar. When I smoke, when I smoke a golf cigar, it's going to be a box press or a Churchill, because the control. You're constantly manipulating the cigar in your hands as you're going to putt and as you're getting it in the holder and as you're doing all of the things involved with golf. I, the physics. I do business with physics every day, <laughs> and the physics of trying to handle a, like a frog splash. A, Sam Lucia frog splash you couldn't smoke on the golf course. No. It would by time it would fall apart or it would it would by the time it went out the first time it would be too short for you to relight it and you'd be done. But I think it's about time we enjoy these cigars. I want to see you finish up that Fuma Corda and then see what your final you word know, is. It is coming to life a little bit more for me. I'm starting to get a little bit more richness, uh, which I'm enjoying. So I've, I've still got a little bit of ways to go. About to hit the band, so we'll see what, what comes of the rest of it. See it, how that works out. In the meantime, we encourage all of our listeners to reach out to us, get in touch. You can always find us at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast. And, of course, there's good old-fashioned email info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week, and I hope everyone long ashes and good stories. Mm-hmm.